Welcome to the Elevate Life Podcast channel, a channel focused on helping you establish a biblical philosophy of life that will empower you to reach your full God-given potential. For more information about our church, visit elevate.life. Enjoy this episode. Happy Father's Day, fathers! Would y'all, would y'all give all the fathers, everybody sit down but the fathers, everybody sit down but the fathers. Thank God for men who have chosen to be fathers in a world that's trying to cancel men and trying to cancel fathers. We can't do without you. Yeah. Your families can't do without you. Your children can't do without you. Most importantly, God won't do it without you. So I just want to honor you today. Thank you for being in the house. I love you very much. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, I'm grateful. Well, we do have to do declarations. So I, I know we're, we're going to. That's up. right. We're, go, we're going to do declarations. We'll stand back Y'all up go in a second. Stand back okay. up. Y'all go ahead and stand back up. Like if, you, if you're new with us, just you got to be in shape to come here. Got to be in shape because we never know. Here we go. Um, but anyway, uh, did you mention that your dad was here today? So, uh, so uh, Precious, his father, is here today. And so uh, 86 years young. And so I'm grateful that, that if it wasn't for him and it wasn't for her mom, I would not have the greatest gift God's ever given me besides his son, Jesus. And I'll always honor your father for that. So um, I know he's sitting way up there. They usually sit right up there in the back. And he sits up there high enough that he can smoke. Yeah, me too. It's awesome. So that's our smoking section right up here for those of you. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so glad you're here. Hey, put your hand over your heart and let's make some declarations together. If you're new with us, follow the bouncing ball. But we really do believe that your life follows your mouth. And so let's say this together. I I declare that that I'm created in the image image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, fruitful, multiply, multiply, fill the earth, and and take take dominion. dominion. Stop right there just a second. Y'all know you're blessed to do that. Come on. You're blessed by God to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2022 is my year of promise for me, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare according to 2 Corinthians 1.20 that all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. Give me a loud yes and amen. Yes and amen. Today, I open up my mind to receive the promises of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up our hands. Say this with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so glad you're here. You can be seated. And Josh, uh, when I think about Father's Day, there's a lot of things that I think about, but um, I'm grateful for my dad. I uh, went to be with the Lord about seven years ago. My dad gave me my first leadershipology, and that is you can't hit if you don't swing. And uh, how that came about, some of you who've been around here know this story, but I was in the seventh grade, and uh, we're driving in my dad's squad car. My dad was a Dallas policeman, and we're in his squad car, and I see a girl named Sally. And uh, Sally was pretty. And I said, man, there's Sally. She's pretty. My dad stops the car turns on his lights and says, I want you to go over there and tell her that. And I want you to say hi to her. I said, dad, I was just saying, I thought she was pretty. He goes, listen, son, you can't hit if you don't swing. He goes, we're just going to sit here and the cars are going to back up until you walk over there. (laughs) 
See, some of y'all let your children be shy and it will not serve them well. You let your children just kind of, anyway, so my dad um, sat there. I got out of the car, walked over there. I said, uh, hey, Sally, um, that's my dad, uh, the one that's got the lights on his car and that's stopping traffic right now, all for the purpose of uh, me coming over here and saying hello and you're pretty. <laughs> she goes, oh, thank you so much. He gave me a hug. That, that was it. I, I ran back to the car, got in the car, and my dad said, that's the way it works. Just remember, can't hit if you don't swing. When we were building this church, that leadershipology was going through my mind. In 07, 08, 09, when everything was crashing and we were building the largest church in America at that time, the largest church building in America at that time. And banks were going bankrupt, churches were going bankrupt, and God just kept his hand on us all through that, just like he has the last two years, all through that, because we serve an awesome yeah. God, y'all. So yeah. when I think about Father's Day, I think about that. I also think about um, how we opened our first phase of our, of our building here in 04. We actually bought land in 02. We started our church in January 2000. Bought, bought these 27 acres that we're on when we were two years old. By the time we were four, we built our first phase, which was 8.7 million. And then um, that was on Father's Day. And then when I think about Father's Day, I think about uh, Josh three years ago on this weekend, uh, I got the best news of my life on this day when the doctor walked into my hospital room after I'd had a massive heart attack and said, I've seen two miracles in my life. One of them was you walked in here with 100% blockage. And, and the second one is today we're releasing you from ICU. So on Father's Day, it's always special to me. And it's special that I get to be with my family, my children, my wife, and my family of yeah. choice. So happy Father's Day, everybody. But Josh, great to be with you. And we're yes, going to do this together today Let's because... Uh, it all started when you were 16. Well, you remember think, the first yeah, time I we mean, ever did it together? I think we should do it together forever. You know? I think we should. Um, remember, you, remember, you remember our first message together? Yeah, I remember I talked about how I really like shoes and I wore sandals that day, so that was weird. You think, Josh, <laughs> some of y'all, today, let me just tell you this. I've got my Papa Gorilla shirt on for a reason. And uh, first of all, because that's who I am. And uh, that is my spirit animal. And uh, it's my grandfather name. And um, so, you know, you've seen that. In fact, we've got some people in our church that are very closely connected with the person who came up with the lions, not, not sheep. Oh, not sheep. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing gorilla, a gorilla's not monkey shirt. Uh, <laughs> because if you're going to be a man, be a gorilla. Yeah. Don't be a monkey. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to wear my like daddy chimp shirt today. And he said, we're not chimps. We're not, we don't chimp around in this family, son. But anyway, what, what's so funny, son, I just have to say this on a personal note. Please Every, say Everybody it. knows you, you, wear, you wear black. I wear a uniform. Uh, it's not just black. It's a... Not, not, not on, not on the weekends. Every day, Every day of his of life. life. If you go to his closet, there's only people, black. Yeah, people ask me for pictures. So I was going to wear all white today. You should have. I was going to wear all white today. We need to do today. a white Papa Gorilla shirt. I was going to do, do all white today. And your mother asked me this this morning. She said, um, now she normally doesn't because I dress myself. And she said, good. Well, I'm just saying some <laughs> men don't. Some men don't, James. That's true. 
Some men don't. Your wife sometimes says, hey, really, it'd be better if you didn't leave like that. Anyway. Here's your shirt so, you're wearing tomorrow. Here's your shirt you're wearing and your shoes. Anyway, so, uh, so she said, so here's what she said. It, hey, it's Father's Day. Wear something classy. Yeah. She was, you dress like a teenager all the time. I go, I don't dress like a teenager. This is who I am. I can't help that I'm getting older. Like, this is who I am. Yeah, where so, the, I, you know, so I decided to wear my proper gorilla. Once you're in your 60s, it's really like you're required to wear pleated pants. You're required to wear... Khakis. So, you're required to wear shorts with high socks with wingtips. You know. Anyway, enough about that. But <laughs> I, I just wanted to say this is about as classy as I decided to be today, honey. And you look amazing. You do. And you, you always look classy. look classy. And I'll just be your, your boy. Come on. I said she looks classy and you look savage today, so. Thank you, son. You're welcome. That's a Father's Day gift to me that you would say that. You're a total animal. Thank you, son. <laughs> You're a monster. Thank you. <laughs> You're a goat. Uh, you're a goat, yeah. Greatest of all time. You're the greatest gorilla of all time. You're the gorilla of all time. <laughs> uh, that's what you can do today at Father's Day. Just have your sons praise you and tell them what you want them to say. Just run and a clock. Like, you got 60 seconds, tell me everything you love about me. Lift your hands me. and say, I love you, Dad. Anyway, so, okay. Well, Josh, we're excited today because really during this Level Up series, and again, this is so important, that God is giving us a privilege in this season of the world to be high-level thinkers in a low-level world. And that's, that's, our, that's our cause. That's what God has called us to do. And, uh, and so with that said, during this Level Up series, what we're focusing on is the four core values, the what matters most in our church. And this weekend in particular, we're focusing on honor. Yes, sir. And uh, so I'm going to pitch the ball to you, son. Pitch it to me. And let's go. So, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot in our church is honor. There's a lot of, there, there can be discussions in, in different cultural parts of society about honor. Uh, we hear about, a lot about honor in the military. And God has a certain perspective on, on what honor is. Pastor Keith says that honor is the one thing that makes everything work in our life. And uh, if we have an understanding about honor, uh, I believe that our lives will be really amazing. And uh, so when you think about uh, diamonds, for instance, um, diamonds, if you know this, great. If you don't know it, diamonds are basically useless. They're not worth anything. They're very common. They're not very rare. They're not useful for, any, for much outside of industrial applications. They're basically just a really hard rock. And uh, they're priced a lot of times beyond their worth, regardless of that, because we as humans have decided that diamonds are valuable. They've been one of the best marketed things in world history. The, the original NFT is what it was. <laughs> yeah, except it is fungible. It is but fungible. not really, because it's useless. So, um, so a diamond uh, has no real value outside of what we as humans decide a diamond is worth. Right. And uh, when you, the, the Cullen and diamond is the largest diamond that's ever been found uh, on the planet. It's 3,100 carats. And it's estimated to be worth in the neighborhood of $400 million. Why? Because we said it's worth that. It couldn't be used for anything. Uh, on and on I could go. And a diamond, what a diamond represents to me, the value of a diamond, the way we value diamonds, represents honor. Because honor is how much we value something. At the end of the day, 
when we talk about honor, the most simple definition I can give you for honor is if you honor, you make something valuable. Right. If you dishonor, something is not valuable to you. And there's, there's a, um, I want to paint a picture of the Bible because a lot of us maybe don't have an understanding of what the Bible is. The Bible's not one book. The Bible's not a book that was written in a series of chapters over a 10-year, 20-year, 100-year period. The Bible is 66 different books that are written over thousands of years that are written by multiple different people uh, in a lot of different contexts. There's a lot of depth, a, a lot of depth to the Bible. I kind of like the idea that Jordan Peterson has. He calls the Bible a library. So it's more like a collection, uh, a collection of books. And the Old Testament, you know, one of the things Pastor Keith says is in the Old Testament, the New Testament is concealed. And in the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. There's a reason why there's an Old Testament. There's a reason why there's a New Testament. A lot of people maybe don't understand that, but these things work together. So it's not like because we have a New Testament, we forget the old one. Um, but the new one reveals uh, and takes us to a deeper level in terms of what the Old Testament says. And I know that's kind of a, maybe a deep thought process, but what honor means in the Old Testament and what honor means in the New Testament are different things, but they're both complementary. They work together. And so in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about honor and uh, the Old Testament word for honor is a Hebrew word, kabed, which means to give weight to something. So in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, the Bible says this, uh, God says, I promised your branch, the tribe of Levi, that you would always be my priest, but I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. Um, another translation of despise is I will treat them with contempt. So God says to us in the Old Testament, he says, if you think lightly of me, then I'll think lightly of you. That's what he says. So the, the word kabed means to make heavy, to make, to make weighty. So um, if a person is worthy of honor, they carry weight with us. We consider their actions, we consider their words, we consider what they say. If you have a person in your life who you honor, in an Old Testament way that you honor someone, is they carry weight with you. So there's some people in our life that can tell us something and we don't really care what they say, right? It's like, oh, you're just some random person. I don't really care what you have to say. But there are certain people in their life that we give a lot of weight and meaning to the words that they say with us or the way that they treat us. So you think about your spouse versus a random person on the street. Like if your spouse says, I hate you, that's really hurtful. If some random dude, you know, flips you a signal while you're on the road today, that might make you mad, but you're not gonna like go to the depths of some kind of personal crisis because of that today. There's some people that do. Well, that's emotional control, and we'll talk about that another time. So, so when we honor someone, we give them weight. We allow what they say to carry weight. When we give honor, when I give honor to my wife, when I give honor to my kids, when I give honor to people that I work with, I consider how what I do affects the weight that they carry. So, Josh, let me just say this, that that Josh said it in the beginning, but this is a leadershipology that I wrote for myself that I hope blesses you and I hope it speaks to you. And Josh has already said it, but honor is the one thing that makes everything in your life work like God wants it to work. So the devil's goal is to get you to a point in your life where you not only do not give honor to whom honors do, starting with God, but he wants to get you to the point where you live on the dishonor side of honor because there's honor and dishonor. And some of you've heard me talk about this before, 
But the reason honor is so important is because honor is what gives you a positive attitude. Mm. It, it, honor is the, is the one thing that makes everything work in your life like God wanted it to. Why? Because when you give honor, you can be a positive person. When you give honor, you, you can be an I can do person. In other words, that comes from a positive spirit. So here's what happens. If I honor, then I can be positive. When I'm positive and I choose to focus, and I call it being prositive, proactively positive about life. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good morning, precious. That's what I speak over myself out loud every day before every day starts. So watch this. When I give honor, I can be positive about people, about situations, about circumstances, because I'm being proactively positive. The honor is what gives me the pro in the proactive or pro or prosative. And so when I do that, I bring a blessing on my life. Now, now conversely, if I dishonor, that empowers me to be a negative person. Like some people say, well, I'm just, a, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a negative person. No, you're a dishonoring person. Or they say, I'm just a realist or I'm just yeah, I'm a just a real. In other words, my personality, I'm just more negative. Here, here's what I can tell you. There's some people that have a, more of a negative bent and, and, than, than others. But the bottom line is to be a negative person is a person that, in fact, in the world, it's called a negaholic. You become <laughs> so negative. It's really true. You become so negative that you train your brain to release endorphins only when you're negative. And you only feel good when you are saying yeah. something bad. Yeah. Like there's some people that they only feel good when they're complaining about things. And that's and what that's, helps them feel better. That's the power that you need to understand of honor. Is that if you choose to not honor God, if you choose not to honor your wife, if you choose not to honor your parents, honor starts when we're young. And that's why the devil will fight you your whole life to keep you in a place where you go, that person doesn't deserve my honor. But Josh, we don't honor because those people deserve honor. We honor because we're honorable. And when you live that way, and when you choose to be an honorable person, it doesn't mean you don't call out sin. It doesn't mean you don't call out evil. This, this, this is kind of the problem some people have. Like I've been even questioned about it. Well, like, like all the stuff that's happening in the world and some of the things you say and that kind of thing as it relates to what they coin as political. I'm not, I'm not talking politics when I'm talking evil. I'm not talking politics when I'm talking about transgender. I'm not talking politics when I'm saying that in January there were 72 genders and today in June there's 82. The genders keep growing. Why is that? It's not a political issue. I'm not talking politics when I'm talking about abortion. I'm talking about the word of the living God, that God gives life. It's not, man has politicized things, but watch this. It's not dishonorable to call out sin. It's not dishonorable to take a stand for righteousness. It's not dishonorable to be a proud American. It's not dishonorable. So, So when you understand that, it's not about like never saying anything that comes across negative. No, you can't. Listen, when Jesus was with religious leaders, Josh, and he said, you brood of vipers. Whoa, that wasn't very honorable, sweet little Jesus. We're supposed to love everybody and embrace everybody. 
Can I tell you something? God loves everybody. But when you love everybody, it doesn't mean that you condone their sin or that you condone their lifestyle. So don't, don't, well, here's don't, what, don't mistake that. Yeah. So last thing, awesome. Josh, and then you get to go. <laughs> honor empowers you. A spirit of honor empowers you to be positive. Yeah. If you struggle with being a positive person, go back to honor. The blessing of God comes on your life when you're a positive person. When you're an I can do person, not an I can't person. An I can't do mentality comes from a negative mentality that says I can't. No, I can do all, not some things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, all the things I decide to do. So again, honor empowers you to be positive, to get a positive attitude, to get a positive outlook on life, to believe the best even when the worst has been displayed, the blessing of God will come on your life. When you dishonor, it empowers you to be negative. When you're negative, you bring a curse on your life. And so that's what's wrong with being a negative person. Mm-hmm. When you're negative about somebody else, what you sow is what you reap. Yeah. So powerful. Go ahead, yeah. Josh. So in, in scripture, like there's a lot of, and this is what I'm saying, this is why we're talking about honor today, because people don't understand what honor is. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a passage in scripture, uh, there's a, in Acts chapter 5, uh, Peter and the apostles are preaching the gospel and the people get mad at them and throw them in jail. And uh, Peter says to them, he says, we have, to, we have to obey God before we obey people. Our responsibility is to always walk in honor, which means that we try our best to value what is valuable in people. We try our best to give weight to what they say. But the first person that we should give weight to is God. There are some of us who are more concerned with honoring culture and honoring the government and honoring whatever is said, then we're concerned with what God has to say about things. So we say, well, we should honor the fact that this is how culture defines something. No, we shouldn't honor that. The first thing we should honor is what God has to say about that thing. Now, as as Christians, that's what we should do. And there's a lot of people that disagree with that because they don't understand what it means to have a biblical worldview. And we'll talk about that as we, we talk about that all the time as a church. But when we, when we understand what honor is, it's not about another person behaving in an honorable way. Like when I grew up, I had this very immature thought process. I had a teacher that I felt like had it out for me. I was like 15, freshman in high school. And I had a teacher that I felt like always had an ax to grind with me. And I told this teacher one time, I said, well, she goes, well, you don't respect me. I said, I'll respect you and you respect me. And this is like how we live our life. We live our life with a 15-year-old's maturity emotionally and think that we go through life and go, well, I'll honor somebody when they treat me with honor. That's not what honor is. We honor because we're honorable, which means if I, if I look at a diamond, a diamond is worthless. It's useless. I'm the one that says this diamond is valuable. I'm the one that looks at a person and says you're valuable, so I'm going to honor you to the best of my ability. That doesn't mean that we just do whatever they say and we just roll with whatever their narratives or ideologies are in life. But what we do is we consider that. And honor, one of the things I say to our staff uh, here that works at the church is to be honest is not to be dishonorable. What a lot of people think is if I'm gonna honor, I don't tell the truth because I can't ever disappoint anybody. We have to tell the truth. We have to tell the truth scripturally. We have to tell the truth culturally around what God has to say about the different movements of culture and society. To be honest is not dishonor. What's dishonoring is how you're honest. So I can be, I can be honest with my wife, but if I'm, if I'm honest with my wife in a mean way, that's where the dishonor comes in. It's the spirit that I have. The honor that we have is a spirit that we have towards something. And so the Bible says in, in the Old Testament that honor is the weight that we give to somebody's words, the weight we give 
to what we say when we talk to them or when we treat them a certain way. And uh, then in the New Testament, we have this word called uh, time. It's a Greek word. And it means something that's precious, something that has a price and a value. And there's, it's an estimate of a, of, of a thing's worth. In, uh, in the book of First Timothy, uh, Paul says, let the elders who rule be considered worthy of double honor, especially, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And I'm not saying that because I'm up here talking today. <laughs> what, I'm, what, what the Bible shows us is that that's there's... That's what some people think. Yeah. Some people think you're talking about honor because you want to be honored. Yeah. No, we're, we have a duty to teach you as spiritual leaders about what will make your life work. Yeah. And, and as much as possible, never focus that on us. Focus that on the principles of yeah. what we're teaching. And on how we decide to live. So when I look at someone and I treat them with honor, uh, I treat them as valuable and worthy. When a person is honored, they're treated as valuable and special and precious. And for, some of, for, for a lot of people that I've known in my life, the, the most special time that they treat their spouse is on their wedding day. And the longer they're married, the less special they begin to treat those things. They, they operate in what's called contempt. That's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And God says, if you treat me with contempt, I'll treat you with contempt. If you despise me, I'll treat you lightly. Contempt does not mean I hate you. Contempt means I disregard you. You're not that big of a deal to me. See, and Josh, let me just say that in, in psychology, and, and, and psychologists will tell you that the last thing that happens before a person gets divorced is not they fall out of love or they had this issue, but the last thing that happens is contempt. In other words, I'm treating you as lightly. As if you're not I'm, special. I'm, as if you're not special. And so that's why putting God first financially is you are saying the first dollar of every 10. God, you've given me the breath that you've given me. You've given me the power to get wealth. You've given me the, the, the beauty of relationships. You've given me this wonderful spouse. You've given me my family. And so, Lord, I honor you with my first fruits. In other words, it's not about money. It's about honor. Yeah. And when you really begin to understand that and you really begin to live your life that way, God begins to honor you. Yeah. And, and Josh, I'm just reminded of really, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, but in Proverbs 22, verse four, it says, by humility and fear of the Lord or honor come three things, riches, honor, and life. Can I just ask everybody here, is anybody interested in riches, honor, and life? Okay. Now, now, so the Bible gives this, give this, gives this very interesting path. It says, you do two things. I'm going to do three. God will always do more than you. So he says, your job is to humble yourself. Your job is to give up your right to be right. Where do you learn to do that? In your marriage. And if you don't do it well in your marriage, you're not going to do it well in your life. But where were you supposed to learn it before you got married? Because marriage is a second opportunity to learn. You were supposed to learn it with your parents. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And so honor is one of those things that the enemy, Josh, specifically attacks people. He does not want you to be an honorable person. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be honored with riches, honor, and life from God. So to humble yourself, the only thing before honor in the Bible is humility. 
And it's literally giving up your right to be right. Jesus, the Bible says, he humbled himself and became a servant. He didn't just come from heaven to earth and say, hey, I'm the big cheese. I'm the teacher. I'm the robo rabbi. Y'all listen to me. And, and I was born in a palace. I've got more money than you. I've got more wealth than you. I know more than you. I am the man. No, he humbled himself and he became a servant, even to the point of dying on a cross for our sins. And when you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life, you're honoring the fact that he gave his life for you and that his precious blood that he didn't have to share, shed on the cross was shed for the remission and the removal of your sins forever. The Bible says, as far as the East is from the West that God cast your sin. And so we honor Jesus in this yeah. house. We honor God yeah. in this house because of who he is. Yeah. And the, and in, in scripture, Jesus had honor for, God has honor for you. You know, the Bible tells us that we're created in the image of God. We're created in his likeness. Each one of us is special and unique. We're one of one. I've had friends in my life who uh, have said to their spouse, hey, if you can't do what I think you should do, I'll just go find someone who can. That's called contempt. I've had people who treat their friends that way. Well, you, you're gonna lose those friends 100%. If y'all aren't gonna be the kind of friends I need, I'm gonna go find the right kind of friends. And you won't, because you're not capable of honoring the specialness of those people. Because you and I don't get to decide what people are in our life, but we do, get to we do get to decide what they mean to our life. So I didn't get to decide who Keith Craft was as a person, but I get to decide whether or not I honor him as a father. And this is what people don't understand. This is like why this whole thing is important that um, we, don't, we don't honor because they are honorable. We don't see value in someone else because they behave in some predefined way to us. We honor people because we want to do everything that we can to notice what's special and valuable and significant about somebody. So the way to become a person of honor is to find somebody to honor. And God brings people into our life, all kinds of people. He brings our kids into our life. He brings our spouses into our life. He brings our bosses into our life. He brings our parents into our life. And he gives us the opportunity to walk in honor towards them. And so many people go through life and they, they do this. They do this that the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. God says, he says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their, their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. This was written to like a Jewish population thousands of years ago. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people today, in my opinion, they honor God with their lips, they say they believe in Jesus, but their heart is far from God, why? Because they don't take seriously what God says. So there's Christians today, a lot of them in fact, that just like, I don't, I don't think I should tithe. I don't think that's something I should do. It's dishonoring God. Just matter of fact, if you read scripture, and if we read scripture and we think that we have an out to, to not be generous, we're not reading scripture, we're reading something else. When we, when we go through life and we say to people, I love you, I'm for you, I'm your friend, I'm on your side. When we get married and we say marriage vows and we say till death do us part, and then we make this whole covenant thing, and then we go, well, you know what, I have a lot of reasons to dishonor that. We can honor someone with our lips all day. The book of Proverbs says that many a man proclaims his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Right. Everybody can talk about it, right? Very few people can be about it. And God says that to us. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You treat me 
with contempt. You disregard what I say. You disregard what I ask out of you. Like with your kids, your kids can tell you that, you, that they love you, but if they never listen to you or they never make you feel loved, then they maybe don't really love you like they think that they do. So there's three kinds of people in the world. My dad taught me this when I was a little kid, and he's helped me learn this as I've, as I've gotten older. Because let's talk about the practical aspects of honor. There's three kinds of people. People who don't do what they're asked to do, people who do what they're asked to do, and people who do more than they're asked to do. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, you can read this passage of scripture. There's a king, his name's Saul, and uh, he'd been anointed as king. And in, in the Bible, God sets up kings, and these, the kings have a certain duty, and he sets up priests, and the priests have a certain duty. And the king can't do what a priest does, and a priest doesn't do what a king does. And so in scripture, Saul wanted to go to war, and he wanted to go fight a battle. But what God said is, before you go fight a battle, you've got to honor me. You gotta make a sacrifice to me. But the king can't make the sacrifice. The priest has to make the sacrifice. So Samuel was late. He's not showing up, he's not there. Saul gets, gets frustrated, he's impatient. He's like, hey, Samuel's not here. I'm just gonna offer the sacrifice so we can go do what needs to be done. So he knows the protocol, but he doesn't honor the person. So there's a lot of people that know protocol, but then they don't honor the person. And that's what, so he was saying, oh, we gotta do a sacrifice but he took lightly that God had put a priest in his life to help lead him in that area. Yeah. And so Samuel shows up after Saul offers the sacrifice and Saul's like, hey, I, you know, I just went ahead and did it, had a lot of excuses and reasons why he didn't honor that, why he didn't do what he was asked to do. And Samuel says to him, he says, he says God, if you would have honored God, God would have blessed you and made your kingdom last forever. But since you haven't listened to God, he's gonna curse you and he's gonna find someone who's a man after his own heart. And a lot of us know the end of the story for Saul. When the Bible talks about cursing, we think about curse and that's like a really crazy strong word for us. The Hebrew word for curse there is to put obstacles in your way that prevent you from moving forward. Now, if you're a parent, you know this. If you ask your kids to do something and they don't do it, there's consequences to that. Like you might want to go hang out with your friends, but you didn't do what I was going to ask you to do, so you're going to have to be grounded. That's an obstacle in your way that's going to prevent you from moving forward. Some of us, me included, have uh, gone to work, and our boss asks us to do something. We say, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that today. And then we so, find ourselves. So, Mike, sitting right where you were, we were having a staff gathering one time, and Josh walks in late. He's my son. So I reached over next to him, put my arm in his arm. And do you remember what I said sitting right there in this room? Oh, honestly, you've said that a lot about being late. Well, here's what I've said. <laughs> if you're ever late again, I will fire you. Yeah. Now don't he just take, doesn't know when I'm late. Don't take lightly. Yeah. Don't take lightly. What's required. What's required. And, and if you're ever going to lead these people that are in this room, you can't come walking in and be late. And he's kind of looked at me and, okay. But like in our life, here, here's the temptation is to take this book lightly. It's to take what God says and go, yeah, you know, I agree with that. Yeah, I love God. But, you know, and just to take it lightly. Yeah. And so what's happening even in the world right now, and I'll just say this, that the world says, hey, it's gay pride month. Can I just tell you something? First of all, pride is not a good thing in the Bible. Pride root of goes before a fall. That's what pride does. But that's what the world says. 
So everybody from networks to everybody. Well, in the middle of, of all this, this, this worldly philosophy and that we need to embrace every lifestyle and every, because that's what love does and because love wins. Let me just tell you something. Here's the bottom line. God says, I want you to be people who first and foremost have my hand on your life and you live by this book and you don't say, yeah, but this is what I choose and make the book line up with whatever you decide your lifestyle is going to be. That is not God's will. You can't listen. I'm not just talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about people who decide to live together and, and, and have sex, which the Bible calls calls fornication and thinking, well, yeah, but we love each other and that's kind of old school and a ring doesn't matter. You can do it God's way or you can do yeah. it your way. Yeah. You can have God's hand on your life. So I'm not here to point out or bash homosexuals or to bash even people that are, that are living in sin, any kind of sin. What I'm here to tell you is the world lifts their way up. Let's have pride. It's the month for us to celebrate. Watch this, man deciding his way over God's way. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I'm proud of. I'm proud of the fact that God God loves me in spite of myself. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm proud of God. God, like I'm yeah. proud of you because yeah. you love me yeah. and because you love us yeah. and look how you blessed our yeah. life. Go ahead, Josh. So a lot of people will like be down for that, right? But, but we don't get to selectively obey with things that align with us. So people will go, oh yeah, man, like, you know, the Bible talks a lot about homosexuality and I cohabitate with somebody, but that's really not a thing. It's like, well, God talks about that too. Or like I have anger in my heart and I don't forgive people. That's a sin. The Bible, people, people do all that, but they won't honor God with their money. They won't, they won't do what God says. So here's, here's what's always something that I've like been confused by. Is why are Christians more successful? God, the Bible says God wants us to prosper. And there's a lot of people that call themselves Christian that they just, their life doesn't prosper. It's because they live under a curse because they don't honor God. It's biblical. So people go, people go okay, like I buy into God. I buy into God. Then I hear about what God wants me to do, and then I go, that's kind of optional for me. That's not something I need to do. And here's what God says. Or I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do that, whether it's money, anything else. I can't afford to do that, whatever the the excuse is, to not honor. There's a lot of excuses to not honor. There's a lot of excuses for you and I to not honor our spouse, a lot of excuses for us to not honor our boss, so on and so forth that can go. But when God says to do something... When we don't do what God says to do, we bring a curse on our life. And we don't bring a curse like, oh, now you're going to let demons in your house. That's not what it's about. You bring a curse on your life in that you put obstacles in your way that prevent you from moving forward. As long as we dishonor, we will not move forward. And people think, well, like I need to go find somebody else to be married to. I need to go find another job because this job doesn't value me. And they're incapable of doing what that place or that person asks out of them. What they don't realize is that they're the one that's being dishonorable because they're not doing what they know that they need to do. They're being asked to do something and they're not doing it. And so they feel like there's this obstacle in their way. Well, here's another thing that Pastor Keith says, wherever you go, there you are. If I'm a dishonorable person and I'm disobedient here, go to my next place, I'm going to be dishonorable and disobedient. If you, if you act the same way you did in this marriage as you did your last marriage, you'll be divorced. Because it has nothing to do and way less to, let me rephrase that, way less to do with the person that you marry and you. So you can't get married and be the same you. Because you were part of the marriage that didn't work. <laughs> well, and you say marriage is two funerals and one resurrection. 
Congratulations, you get married, a, now go die. I'm a dead man walking, <laughs> truthfully. But anyway, that's the first kind of person, yes, Josh. Sir. What's the second kind so of person? So if you don't do what you're asked, you're dishonorable. The second kind of person is the kind of people that do what they're asked. And the Bible talks about how when you do what you're asked, when you obey God, when you do what God says, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, you know, talks about giving. And when you give to God, he brings a blessing on your life. Um, there's and all this these... is, honestly, this is where most Christianity is. Yeah. It's like, God, I want your blessing on my life. I want to do what you're asking me to do. And we seek to be, quote, unquote, good enough, do good enough that we get God's blessing on our life. Yeah. And that's where a lot of believers yeah. are. So this is where we kind of, as normal human beings kind of fall is like, do I do bad things? Do I do good things? Do I do what's asked of me? Do I do what's, do I, do I not do what's asked out of me? So when I was a kid growing up, it was like, am I going to clean my room? My parents told me to clean my room. Am I going to do it? Am I going to not do it? Well, then when you do it, there's a reward for good behavior. So at your job, you get paid. If you do your job, you're going to get paid to do your job. There's a lot of people that think, well, I've been at my job for five years and I haven't gotten a raise. Have you done anything more? No, I'm just doing what they asked me to do. You're not going to get paid anymore to do what you're asked well, to I've do. Well, I've been here a long paid. time. What, what difference are you making? Yeah. What are you doing that is beyond your pay grade? Yeah. Not like I've been here and they haven't given me a raise. It's like, in other words, what am I making happen? What am I doing that's more than just what I'm being paid to do? So obedience is the foundation for honor, but obedience still isn't honor. So obedience is not dishonoring, but it's not necessarily honoring. It's compliance. To comply is to prevent curses. If I do what's asked out of me, I prevent obstacles from being put in my way that prevent me from moving forward. And those were conversations we had when you guys were growing up. Yes, sir. I would tell them as my children, I don't need you to comply with me. I need you to commit with me. And sometimes as parents, we, we're, we're, we're like looking for them just to go along. Yeah, okay, do what I say, do. But that is not what you want to do with your children. The goal with your children is to get them to commit to the core values of the family. And that's what makes core values so important, which the core value is honor, even in our family of choice, our church, which is what we're talking yeah. about. Like buy into the core value. Why? Because it's not Keith's way. It's not Josh's way. It's not your way as the parent. It's not your spouse's way as the parent. It's our way as a family because we buy yeah. into the what matters most of the word of God that becomes the core values of our church that, that or of our family that our children are not asked to comply and go along with until they get 18 and can do whatever they want to do, but are asked to, to commit to so that the blessing of God will come upon their yeah. life. So that's, so, that's, so that's obedience. That's doing what you're asked to do. And then there's a third kind of person, which is a person of honor. And a third kind of person does more than they're asked to do. When I was a kid, you know, one time my dad and I had a conversation and he, he just, we were just talking and he said, you know, what if, son, I asked you to clean your room and you clean the whole house? How would that make me feel about you? Like, think about yourself as a parent. You ask your kid, hey, can you clean the whole house? And they're like, or can you clean your room? And they say, you know, yeah, you told me to clean my room. I cleaned, I cleaned the whole house. I did the laundry. I did all the dishes in the sink. Dad, is there anything else I can do for you today? What can I do for you, son? Would you like me to buy you whatever you want? Would you like $1,000? What do you want? What can I do for you? When we do more than we're asked to do, we find favor. And favor, we, the way we define favor, favor is double, double blessing or a divine assigned advantage for success. 
When we do more than we're asked to do, there's an assigned advantage for success that comes on our life in any place that we're doing more than we're asked to do. See, and most, most Christians don't understand the difference between blessing and favor. Because a lot of people who sit in the seat that I sit in don't understand the difference. It's one thing to be blessed, that's when you do what God asks you to do. But when the favor of God comes upon you, a divine assigned advantage for success from God to your life, it's because you're a person that does more than you're asked to do. Yeah. It's, a, it's a huge, huge difference. Mm. It's like it's one thing to walk in the blessing of God, that's amazing. But like I'll hear a lot of pastors, well, you've got the favor of God. You, God loves you and his favor is on your life. No, 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 no. Don't teach people that because it's not true. Yeah. It's like you've got the blessing of God on your life, not because you're God's son or you're God's daughter. You're God's son or God's daughter that may be under a curse that you're bringing on yourself. Not God cursing you, but you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. But you've got to choose to humble yourself. And so, Josh, the way I describe it is this. This would be the, what I call a favor equation. So the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 4, by humility and fear of the Lord or honor come three things, riches, honor, and life. So here's the equation. The equation is humility plus honor plus generosity equals favor in your life. Mm. Like what happens is, Josh, when you humble yourself, you're giving up your right to be right. The Bible says Jesus humbled himself. He became a servant. He didn't come to the earth and said, I'm the man. He came, he humbled himself, took the form of a servant, gave himself as an offering for us, as I mentioned earlier. But then he was exalted by God and given a name that was above every name. Everybody say favor. So in other words, he wasn't given, he wasn't exalted by God because he was God's son. He was exalted by God because he humbled himself and took the form of a servant. So when we humble ourselves, watch this. Like I give up my right to be right, then I can honor. Mm -hmm. I can only honor Sheila, not because she's so awesome, not because she's better than me. I can only honor Sheila, even though she is. I can only truly honor Sheila because I give up my right to be right. And I humble myself. And then I give her honor. And watch this. My generosity flows from that. So so a lot of people, Josh, they never get to generosity. They give a little bit over and above. We're not talking about money. We're talking about having a generous spirit. Here's what the Bible says. And you've heard it. We quote it all the time. It's one of our core scriptures at our church. Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25 in the Message Bible says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. That's a promise. Come on, for 2022. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And those that bless others will themselves be blessed. So, Josh, it's very powerful. Yeah, and some people might be like, well, Pastor, I don't know if that's anywhere in the Bible. Um, I just quoted I'm glad, the Bible. Yeah, I'm saying about the whole favor thing. I think I have favor from God just because I'm a Christian. Um, I, I okay. really don't like that voice. That's, yeah, well, I don't like that thought. <laughs> and, and please don't give me the, no, don't give thought, me the Tom Cruise, that that's voice, the only voice I've got. No, that voice, that voice aligns with the thought because a lot of people just try to find their way out of it. So I'm, I'm glad to give you the receipts anytime. Acts chapter 7 and in, the, in Scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 7, David says this. He says, it's in my heart to build God a house. God says to David, he says, I didn't ask you to build me a house. 
You've decided to build me a house, so now I'm going to establish your throne forever. Acts chapter 7 says, and David found favor with the Lord because he decided to build God a house. How about that? That's, wow. that's where favor is in Scripture, that when you and I decide to do something that nobody asked out of us, but we know that it should be done and it can be done, that's when we walk in favor, and that's when we're people of honor. Because what David did, God didn't say, David, I want you to build me a house. David said, I want to build God a house. It's in my heart to do this. That's called doing more than you're asked to do. What God wanted the, the children of Israel to do is to honor him by putting him first. What David decided to do, in scripture you can read this, he gave $5.5 billion in today's money to build God's house. That's doing more than you're asked to do. And when you do more than you're asked to do, I wanna paint this picture, you're obedient to the unenforceable. When I was a kid growing up, you know, Pastor Keith would talk to me about how can I be obedient to the unenforceable. This is something that we talk about in our, in our culture. There's things that we are asked to do that are required out of us. Like if you're a kid, it's cleaning your room. If we don't do those things, there's a curse. If we do those things, they're a blessing. There are things that we know that we can do and should do to make something go amazing. During COVID, like in 2020, uh, I know for some people it's still during COVID. For me, it's not, whatever. Uh, in 2020, uh, I'm a person, my love language is not uh, quality time. So if you're my friend, I could see you once every six months, we're still best friends. Um, I know that's weird, that's just how I am. For me, my love languages are, are like words of affirmation and physical touch. But physical touch is only if I know you, so don't just be coming up and laying on me, that's weird. <laughs> don't rub my belly and say, how far are you along? So, so, um, so we go to the lockdown stuff, whatever, all the restaurants shut down. Well, it's like we're in the house every day. I'm a prisoner in my own house. I'm with my kids and Courtney every day. I feel like I'm spending a lot of time with my family. And that's not something that's hard for me. It's just, wow, we're together a lot. So me and Courtney are like in this season where we're just like fighting all the time. I'm like, man, like we're fighting like every day. And Courtney's a very peaceful person. Courtney's a person that really the only fights we have are because I'm an idiot. Courtney just makes it work most of the time. She puts up with me. And there comes a time where I just can't handle your stupidity anymore, so now we have to talk about it. And so she'll confront me, and then we'll have a fight, and then I'll have to apologize, and then it's fixed. Um, so we were fighting a lot, and we, we kind of navigated some conflict. And then later on, Courtney, Courtney comes to me, and she's like, you know, we haven't like, had a date in a long time. We haven't spent a lot of time together. I'm like, we're together every day, all day. I don't have any space. We live in an open concept house. It's the worst idea ever to have an open concept house if you're an introvert. It's like if you're an introverted person, well, this is everybody's room. We all live here. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I don't, I don't have a second away from anybody. <laughs> Two little kids. So Courtney's love language is quality time. And it's not time. That's what I had to learn. Me spending time with her does not mean that's quality time. It's intentional time. And so I started to realize that in our, in our relationship, I was living under a curse. I had obstacles in my way that prevented me from moving forward because I wasn't doing what she wanted to do and what I knew was important, and that's, that's uh, us spending quality time together. And what I decided after that was like, okay, no matter what, the one thing I'm going to commit to every week is we're going to have a regular date night every week. Now, she didn't ask me for that, but I would say two, three years later, how many years later is, I live in a favor because she couldn't, Courtney couldn't force me to date her. 
She couldn't force me to intentionally make time with her, but I would say there's a different favor that I live in in 2022 with my wife than I had in 2020 because I decided to become obedient to the unenforceable. Good. There's things in our life, there's relationships that we have where we can do what people ask out of us or we can do more than they ask us to do. And when you do more than you, you're asked to do, you're obedient to the unenforceable. No one can make you serve in this church. You might call this your home church. Great, that's awesome. We can't make you serve here. Everybody that serves here is obedient to the unenforceable. No one can force them to do anything. It's a favor issue. If if you are a servant leader, one of the reasons it's the gateway to your personal greatness is because you're you're doing more than you're asked to do. So when you become a servant leader, and you're gonna talk about that next week, but, but when you become a servant leader, because that's our fourth core value, you, you really are stepping into, Favorite. you're humbling yourself, you're giving honor to, for God and for his house, you're also being generous and the favor yeah. of God comes on your life. And so no one can make a Christian serve. But here's the thing, if you talk to people on, on our team, on our servant leader teams that have been serving, it has nothing to do with our church blessing them. They would say, man, the hand of God has come on my life in a different way since I started serving. My marriage is working better. I have better alignments. I got a new job. I started a business with this person. There's just all these things that are coming together. Why? Because they decided to get obedient to the unenforceable. Right. They decided to be the kind of person that went above and beyond. They didn't just do it, what was asked out of them. They did more than they were asked to do. So from a very practical standpoint, here's how to, here's how to level up your honor in any, in any area of your life, wherever it is that you want to be an honorable person. There's two really simple steps I want to give you today. Number one, find someone to honor. You should honor your parents. You should honor your father. You should honor your mother. That's what scripture says. You should honor your wife. You should honor your husband. You should honor your children. You should honor your boss. Find someone to honor. There's people in our, all of our lives. There are people that we can honor. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. It's not just about honoring leadership. It's just about being a person who's like, I want to be a person of honor. Find people, realize and recognize the people in your life that you can honor. And Josh, Josh, what I would say is what what he is saying by virtue of definition is don't take lightly the people that God has put in your life. So you say, how do I honor? Just don't take lightly that you get to do life with the person you get to do life yeah. with. I live in this state of really perpetual awe by getting to be with precious Sheila. It really is. It's like, I feel it every day. It's like, I think in my mind, God, you love me so much that you would give me somebody this precious. And when you really allow yourself to feel that deeply and that God loved you that much, to give somebody, listen now, that could have chosen anybody, but they chose you. And somehow over time, the enemy comes in. Somehow over time, life beats us down. Sometime over time, we're so head down and butt up, we start taking lightly the people that are in our lives. We start taking lightly our spouse. We start taking lightly our children. We start taking lightly our employees. We start taking lightly our boss. We start taking lightly the very alignments that God has put in our life to bless our life. And because of that, we miss out. So when Josh says, choose somebody to honor, be a person that understands the power that you have. You have the power to bestow honor on anybody you choose to. 
You have the power to honor a person. You have the power. It's, it's a type of bestowing favor. Yeah. You see, Josh, just like we give meaning to meaning, it's not about what happens to us in our life. It's the meaning we attach to what happens in our life. That's why I coach. That's why we do what we do with our masterminds. That's why we do what we do in our church, in this school of philosophy, this incubator of greatness, is trying to help people understand that, that now to him, him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly abundantly above all we could ask or think, dot, 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 according or in harmony with the power that works within us. In other words, we've got to believe this word. We've got to take action based on this word. And when we do, the power of God begins to work with us, within us. When I choose to humble myself, the power of God is at work within me. God comes on my behalf. Why? Because he knows what it's like to be the son of the living God and to humble himself as a servant on earth, mm. to humble himself as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin, sin that he never committed. He knows what it's like. So when you humble yourself in any situation, the hand of God, the favor of God comes on your life. And then what's developed is an honoring spirit. And then as this honoring spirit begins to be developed, you become a generous person. And as you become a generous person, God brings an assigned advantage for success on your life where you perpetually hear yourself say, even in the hardest of times, wow, I never thought it would be this good. Yeah. You see, every day, the fact is, and I'm not overstating this, this is my heart from the depths of my heart. The fact that I get to do life with Josh, the fact that I get to do life with Keela and now her precious husband, Cole, I call him Colson. I never call him Cole. I call him Cole's son. He never had a father that said, you're my son. I say he's my son. I have such a privilege to love him as a father when his own father did not love him well. And that's the power that you have when you walk in this and you realize, wow, God's put me on this earth to be a person of honor. And where it starts is looking for people to honor in my life. And the reason that doesn't work for most people is because most people, they've not felt honored. So they're, look, they're in a marriage looking for honor. They're in a job looking for honor. They're in a situation looking for honor rather than realizing, no, I'm the one that brings the honor. And that's what God wants yeah. for our Amen. lives. Amen. <laughs> and when you do that, the people around you start to feel that way about you. Because when, like for me, it's like in, in Acts chapter seven, the Bible says, and, Dave, and God gave David the privilege of building God a house. Yeah. And you heard what Pastor Keith said that for him, being with Pastor Precious is a privilege. The New Testament word for honor is precious. He's always, and he's always said that, and he's always said that, so it's Pastor Honor. He's always said that her voice is second only to God in his life. That's given weight to what she says. That's the power of, and that's why, you know, I honor you and I honor you as my dad and I consider it for me such a privilege to get to do all of this stuff because of who you are and what you mean to me. And like a diamond in our life, the people that God brings into your life and the people that God's given you, they're diamonds. They can be looked at as nothing and useless and, and meaningless. Or you can be the kind of person that says, man, you're, you're worth $400 million to me. Yeah. You are so valuable to yeah. me. I'm so grateful that you're in my yeah. life. I'm so grateful for this season that we have together. And when we do that, that's honor. Because nobody comes into our life and asks us to honor them. 
People come into our life and maybe they ask us to be a good person. Maybe they ask us to be kind. Maybe they ask us to love them. But when we honor them, we do more than they ask us to do. And we look at them and we say, man, you're precious. And you're precious to me because you're precious to God. And I want to be like God towards people. Yeah. And that's the privilege that we have. That's what honor is all about. So that's the first thing. That's it. That's it. Do more than they ask you to do. Okay. Well, we're just a bunch of crybabies up here. (laughs) His father and son up here just bawling their eyes out in front of y'all. But I hope you feel special today. I hope you feel honored. We're honored. Uh, John, I see you. John, listen, you're, you're just your spirit, who you are as a person. Like I was just up here looking at you and thinking, wow, that God would bring us a savage that guy's a savage, a savage, man. He's got a savage beard for sure. And he, I just, I just saw you out there, and I just wanted to honor you in front of your family, in front of your son, your everybody, just because you're just that kind of person. And I, I love that. I love you. I love that we get to do life together. And I could start pointing people out all day, but I just saw that savage sitting out there, and I thought, I'm glad I get to do life with a savage like you. So anyway. So... Uh, um, Go ahead, Josh. Okay. So, you know, we don't get to do more than we're asked to do until we do what we're asked to do. And um, God wants to bring a blessing into each one of our life. And maybe you're, maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you're just like, this is all cool. I just, I feel like I'm in a place with God with me and him. Like I'm not straight with him. I'm not right with God. You know, the great thing about Jesus is that he honored you so much that he, he considered you precious. Yeah. Maybe you don't see yourself as precious. Maybe you don't see yourself as special. You know, when you and I, when we learn to honor ourselves, then we can really honor other people. Yeah. But the difficult thing for people a lot of times with honor is they don't really place an honor and a value on themselves. So they really can't ever value anybody else. The most important thing about today is that you see yourself the way God sees you. Yeah. He created you in his image. He created you in his likeness. He's made you special. We say here at Elevate Life that you have a fingerprint that no one else has, leave an imprint that nobody else can leave on the world. You're the only one that's ever going to be you. And, and the, the, where, the place that we start, and if you haven't started here, you can start over here right now. The place that we start is by acknowledging that God has created me as special and he wants me to have a relationship with him. See, Pastor Keith said it. Jesus came to the earth and he lived and he died and he, 2,000 years ago so that we could know that we know that we know how special we are and how much God wants to spend eternity with us forever. So can you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me if, you're, uh, if you can hear my voice, whether you're in this room or watching online. So maybe today is not even about anything that was said. Maybe you walked into this room and you just felt led to this church today. Maybe the, the words that we've said and the songs that we've sung, you've just felt a totally different voice stirring in your heart and stirring in your spirit. The Bible says the deep calls unto deep, that God's calling you to himself. And it doesn't matter if you grew up in church. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian before. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. If you know that you know that you need to get your, your heart and your life right with Jesus and you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, this is, this is that time, this is yeah. that moment, this is that opportunity that God's giving you for the first time in your life to see your own personal value and how much he loves you. Jesus came to the earth, he lived a sinless life, and he died a sinner's death so that you could know how special you are, so you could live the kind of life that he wants you to live, and so you can become an honorable person that treats other people that way. So with every head bowed and every head closed, just pray this prayer and repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus, thank you you for loving me. me. I repent repent of my sins. sins. 
From this day forward, from this day forward, I give you my life. Give you my life. In your name, I pray. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give those people that made that decision a big hand? And um, we want to love you. We want to honor you. Honor is our word of the day today. We want to honor you as a person. We want to honor you as the special gift that you are. And, you know, Pastor Sheila said it earlier, there's a number you can text, whether you're in this room or watching online. We have people that want to connect with you. It's a relational thing. It's not an automated service. We're not trying to add you to a list. But you can text Jesus to that number and we'll pray with you, let you know a next step that you can take, get you plugged in with people who are going to do life with you immediately. Please give us the gift of you and allow us to do life with you and allow us to honor you as a person who God so loves because that's the kind of church that we aspire to be. And thank you for letting us do that. And thank you for making that decision today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. That way, you know when a new episode has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, visit elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.